Like to me, I just never thought about it. It was just instinctual. It's like, of course I'm going to write a song. They were falling out of me when I was young, you know, and they aren't falling out of me now. And maybe that's okay. Like, like I have to truly like give it up. I have to be like, maybe I won't write another song again. That's okay. Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. T.J. Smith. Man, it would be a crime to not show up on this episode. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Classic T.J. And we have beautiful (laughs) producer Josh. Hey, I was wondering what T.J. was going to say for this intro. (laughs) Yep, yep. But that felt like a good, like, interplay, right? Oh, yeah. You picked up on it right away. I yeah. did, but more importantly than you guys, we have a guest this week. From the classic crime, from the vocal few, we have Matt McDonald. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. We Ooh. are so excited. I had something funny I was going to say, and it instantly left my brain. So, <laughs> thank you, Matt, uh, so much. We're, we're, we're so excited. So, should we just, like... Jump right into it. Is everyone is yeah. everyone ready? Yeah, we've already been talking. We're old friends, so let's just like get right to the <laughs> meat of it. So, Matt, I always like to start, like I told you off mic, I like to start with origin stories. I'm really fascinated because our show is very specifically about Christian music of the 90s and 2000s. Um, and we talk a lot about, you know, tooth and nail bands from the mid-2000s. That's kind of like our coming of age like those were you know big bands for us but i want to know how you kind of got into that scene and and what kind of music you listened to growing up like were you always a church kid did this come later no i was i was uh i was born in vancouver british columbia um my mom was american we moved across the border when i was 10 um, but we, uh, I didn't have like a lot of like musical influences outside of the radio growing up. We moved to a small town called Linden, Washington, which is like really a uh, conservative town, uh, very Dutch. And, uh, they didn't have like, there wasn't like a scene, a music scene or anything. So all I listened to was the radio growing up. Obviously my parents, they, they were ex hippies, um, who found, you know, fundamentalist evangelical mm-hmm. church non-denominational type thing and raised right. us in in that um but they still had their music they would play us you know like beach boys and um moody nice. blues and the stones and Jimi hendrix my dad would play my dad was not musical at all like totally tone deaf but he was a big music fan so he would play stuff mm. like that a taste and then on the rate yeah, well, he he would, yeah, he <laughs> pretended to know what he was talking about and was very opinionated about it. That's such nice. a dad move. Yeah. That's yeah. Such, that's just like classic dad. <laughs> yeah, and we took um, piano lessons growing up. Um, I, I, learned, I learned how to play acoustic guitar in fifth grade. My teacher did it for like the music portion of our class. Um, he had 26 acoustic guitars like strung around the room and we would just play... Ooh. American folk and pop songs from the from the sixties and seventies. Um and so that's kinda how I learned how to play guitar and I I came home and told my mom I liked that. I liked playing guitar. And so she brought home a guitar and played me her songs. 
And then I, I was able to practice. It was just a nylon string classical. Um, but that's kind of how I learned guitar. And, um, uh, you know, I didn't really think much of playing anything other than just what was in that music book. Can you give us some examples of what, of what, like what, at this point, you know, whatever, however sure, much later, sure. like what, what sticks out? Like Proud Mary, Sloop John B, you know, yeah. um, you know, John Denver, like just stuff like it was just classic right. American folk and, 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 and rock. Nice. Um, I love it. You know, you learn your whatever, like seven or eight chords. And that's kind of what I had. That was my background as far as playing music. Um, and I just liked what was on the radio. You know, it was like pop music when I was younger. And then I, you know, discovered like the alternative radio stations. And, you know, like uh, when I moved across the border, I, I, I moved in the like, uh, I think I was like 12 when Kurt Cobain died, but um, Nirvana and the Seattle scene like really dominated the radio back then. Right. Um, I also had one of those Columbia house subscriptions where you could get yes. like 20 CDs for a dollar and then they uh, s- send your parents to collections. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I remember getting like green day dookie, uh, the offspring, um, nice. you know, that, that kind of like, hard rock or 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 punk rock stuff but i didn't really you know like you don't really fall in love with music until you're kind of like mid-teens right that's when it starts to really matter like you're yeah you're experiencing all these changes in your in your body and in your social life and everything is new and songs kind of tend to speak to um all these emotions that you're feeling for the first time and they give you know they give uh, words and, and, and music to those experiences and enrich your life. And so probably in the late nineties is when I really started like, you know, being like, wow, music is important to me. Um, I was like 15, 14, 15 when I think uh, third eye blind self-titled came out. Nice, nice. And I remember just being like blown away by li- the lyrical uh, rhythmic rhyming and, right. uh, and that it was so catchy and so pop, but, and I was in band, so I understood time signatures, like I played trumpet in high school, but just know, just like knowing that there was like time signature changes in this pop song kind of blew yeah, my yeah. mind, like, wow, he's really doing like a 5-4, like a 7-4, you know, mm. and uh, just realizing that like pop music didn't have to be stupid. Um yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right around graduating high school, that's when I got into like Jimmy World. Mm. it was like a huge um the bleed american clarity first but the bleed american uh came out like right around when i graduated and like i was dating my my now wife at the time and it was like you know formative memories uh so i always liked catchy songs i didn't know anything about tooth and nail back in like i had friends because we were in a like pretty conservative town right my my parents were never like they didn't encourage us to to like go after like the Christian rock industry. I think the church that they went to was kind of like, that's all bad too. Um, But they also weren't very, we had a big family. There was eight kids, you know, two adopted and and my parents had six. And so they were too busy to really police our, our music habits anyways, (laughs) but there was no, like the church I grew up in didn't have like a youth group that was cool and like trend, trend setting or anything. So all I'd ever heard of Hmm. was MXPX. Um, and that's because a friend of mine was like, listen to this, you know, slowly going the way of the Buffalo album right. or whatever. And I just remember that, you know, the, just the rebellion of it. I liked, um, yeah. but I didn't know, I didn't, like, I didn't know 
anything about like did you like know that Christian they were rock or semi-local to you did like when did that uh yeah did you find I, I, out well the move to bremerton song right yeah i know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know there's lore That's and stuff cool. but like i i liked i liked that record but it wasn't even like i i liked blink 182 better you know like right <laughs> and it was like more more rebellious even you know right, mm-hmm. right. so uh and you know, as a teenager, you just like you latch on to those anthems of rebellion because you're you're busy, sure. you know, breaking off from your 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 yeah. tradition and your parents and, and trying to find out who you are, and that gives you the juice to do it. So I I would say yeah, it was I was not very aware of like Christian rock or Christian music. I didn't really I didn't um, like right around at the end of high school. I went to like a youth group where there was more of that kind of like influence, but I never really kind of fit in and I finally when I moved to Seattle to go to audio school audio uh, production school that's when I kind of like found indie rock music for myself and that was like in the form of like drive-through records um the Long Island like emo scene like brand new and and taking back Sunday Sunday. yeah dude I think the first like kind of like screamo band that I liked was like the demo the EP from Finch yes so it's yes I always was a sucker for like four chords, four oh, yeah. on the floor, belt it out, scream a okay, little bit, but dude, it's mostly I, I brought melodic. Up on a relatively recent episode, I brought up what it is to burn. There's a song. Was it? Was it on? Oh, it I was think on it was Salt in the Snow. Salt in the Snow. Yeah. Oh, there's probably I, some Finch influence. I on compared our old it stuff to what sure. it is to burn by Finch, yeah. and these motherfuckers had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> it's true. So well, I, feel, is, I feel validated. <laughs> you're speaking Colin's language, man. You you would never hear my influence on a song, probably. Right. Well, maybe. But that Justin wrote the music to that song, Salt in the Snow. Nice. And Justin was very derivative in his <laughs> he's like, I like that song. I'm gonna let's, take let's it. Just let's do that song. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, just rip it off. Yeah. Why not? Um so that's that was probably the case. Um, you know, but that everybody back then was in we were all into the same music. Like you can hear like on our first record on Tooth and Nail Albatross, you can hear like Coheed and Cambria. Mm, you can man. hear like you can hear the use, you can hear Jimmy world. You can hear, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Cause that's what we were listening to. I will say I was trying to tell somebody, um, like describe y'all sound who, who didn't know you. And Jimmy world was the first band I mentioned. And I think I said they used as well. So there's something yes. in the water, there's I guess yeah. it's getting through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like brand, brand new, the used, mm-hmm. maybe even like Foo Fighters, even though I was never totally. a huge fan, but like, the yelliness of the vocals is pretty. I can hear it. Yeah, similar. But I always just liked pop. Like I like, I just liked catchy things. I grew up listening to the radio. I liked this. I liked the hits. And so I never like. While I I loved these indie bands, I loved them because they were catchy and they were poppy mm-hmm. and they yes. had hooks, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I always just went for when I wrote. I was like, I just wanna, I want a hook. I want something that's gonna like. You know, explode in the course, and that's right. You know, I met the band when I was nineteen, and that's all the stuff that we were into. And so that that's like, it's weird if you could go back to what you were into when you were nineteen and like still be doing it. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. It's like, it's like I'm I'm forty now, and yeah. I have to sing songs I wrote when I was nineteen and like yep. believe it. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is a little weird, but like you know, that's what happens. You kind of get like 
trapped in your in your quote unquote yeah, success. Yeah, we we were just talking <laughs> about this on an episode that's that's actually coming out this week that I'm editing. Uh, we talked with Ben Soy from A Place for Owls. We were talking about uh, Pedro the Lion's first record and how Dave Bazan has you know still playing some of those uh, like early like super Christian songs and just that idea oh. of like 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 a song. You know, as a songwriter, like, do you choose to, like, abandon these songs? Part of your discography. Because you don't feel that way yeah. about them anymore? Or do you do you adapt? Do you evolve? How do you, how do you yeah. work through that process? And I think it's different yeah. for everyone. Well, there's like, a, there's, like, periods in my life where I was like, I don't want to play, like, the fight anymore. It's right. so cheesy to me. It's so cringe. And then, like, we did, in 2016, we did a 10-year ten, ten anniversary tour, and I just loved playing the fight every night. It was, like, fun. Yeah, again. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, like, ta- I, I, I had avoided it for so many years that, like, I was tapping back into the kid who wrote it. Right. Mm. I, I, there, was a, there was enough distance where it's, like, this doesn't represent me anymore, but yeah. it's fun to play play the role. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to, yeah, like, Yeah, you're stepping into a persona, that. essentially. Yeah. Right. Like, you're, you're being your younger self while you're playing. Right, and that, and that persona no longer threatens me. Yeah. Or threatens to hold me oh, back, or threatens to like be the thing that I, I uh, you know, that I identify with because I'm so far removed from it. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's some, there's some of that, but some some artists are so prescient, so young. Like I, I don't know yeah. how Dave Bazan could like not like the Holy P or whatever. Like, right, right. That I, that was the first time in like '97. I think my brother brought me like a a burn CD of. <laughs> excuse me, I'm dying from COVID. <laughs> No, no man. I'm overcome. Yeah, <laughs> but he brought me this burn CD of of that EP, and I remember it was so loose mm. and so sloppy and so right. slow. It just lagged. Like the mm-hmm. drums were just behind, behind. every time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then and then and then there was that song almost there, which is like about heroin addiction. I uh-huh. love. I love songs about addiction and like struggle and like real things. Yeah. You and, don't say. um, and, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think we've picked up on that a little bit. <laughs> yep. I, lo- I love that stuff, but he, but that was the first time I heard like when he's what they're screaming over top of this, like really slow indie rock song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, screaming is crazy. Uh, <laughs> you can just like, you can do that. You can just scream. And like that, that's like all the emotion, all jammed in together into this one spot and right yeah i know i remember being blown away like who who can write like this this is so good mm. and of course he was like you know 20 yeah so young. he was yeah. 22 when that first like record came out yeah which crazy. is wild i talked about that i think I, I think i cut a lot of that out of our conversation because i just kept saying over you and over again like up. i'm so mad i'm so mad like in the best way he was 22 yeah. and i was just like a shithead at 22 i wasn't doing <laughs> anything that good i think in some ways it's better it's like easier to be young and creative and like right. dancing mm. with the muse and if you have yeah if you if you have the talent and especially with writing like young writers can write really good like, like there's some things that i wrote that I that I still think is good, and then there's some things I wrote that I that I'm like, right. ooh, it's a little cringe. Like right. I probably yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. do that now, but right. good for that guy. He did it. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he did. I'm it. not mad, but <laughs> yeah. What are some of the ones you're still like? Oh, I really think I nailed it on this one. That years later you're like, there's still stuff coming back to it you. Holds I guess. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some examples? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a, there's a few. I mean, 
I, I'm not like a huge fan of the song, but I wrote it when I was literally 20 and we recorded it like six times after that because people just loved the song. But it was uh, Who Needs Air, mm -hmm. which is like just a six, eight anthem, very simple song. Right. But like, I don't cringe necessarily when I hear it. But I think on that record, the first record, um, We All Look Elsewhere, I think is probably some of my favorite lyrics. And uh, and it was, you know, most of the time, my favorite songs are like the the album tracks that are like buried in the, you know, in, right. in the back half of the album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that one's like, I don't like the coldest heart is kind of cringe to me, um, <laughs> but it was supposed to just be like a catchy, a catchy song. And that's what right. it was. It like did it did what it was supposed to do. Right. But, but beyond that, it's not like deep or meaningful <laughs> yeah dude, i get that sometimes the song's just a song man. yeah hey just, it, just a yeah. Cut song. yeah it caught a lot of people's ears including yeah i think that was probably the either that or the fight was the first one i heard i mean it did what it's yeah, supposed yeah. to do it exposed yeah, you exactly. to new people yeah 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 and that's your that's your job when you start out i guess exactly well sure. you know talking about younger artists versus older artists i feel brings up a relatively good transition to i i want to like before we kind of deep dive into other stuff i, I want to talk about grim age for a little bit uh because that just came out thanks for not like, thanks for not calling year. it grimage grimage <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people a lot of people <laughs> calling it grimage i was like I, there's like grimage. a dot right between those two so you don't put them together <laughs> so you, we did everything grimage. we could to help you guys yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah. Still. <laughs> that's what you get yeah, so I, I want to talk. I, I want to talk about like, okay, so how how old were you when the classic crime, like when when that first record came out? So we recorded that record in two thousand five, and I turned twenty two, and then we got signed. Um, and then like three months after, we basically I got married, we got signed, and we went and recorded that record. All in okay. the summer of two thousand five. Big year. Okay, yeah. I feel like we yeah. hear that from artists. Like I feel like you're the second or third person. Yeah, that's true. That we've heard that's like I got married. I got married. And we did this. Yeah. <laughs> we did then that. we yeah. got then, signed. Then it got signed. Yeah. So I. Yep. Yeah. I. Okay. So now I just want to talk about this new record, which I love. By the way, it it made my my Thank top you. ten list of the year. Oh, nice. Uh, hey. So we're gonna do a Patreon episode. You listened to after this. ten records a year. Well, he only picks yeah. ten. I only picked ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you just beat out uh, the covers album that T Pain did, but it was that much better. Nice, T Pain. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I I want to talk about like Royalty. continuing continuing the same band, but it's not really the same band because you as a person have changed. So I I want to talk about your process of making. Grim Age and and mm -hmm. making that record and including what I think is the first is this the first album that has excuse me bad words um no I mean no, I don't think no. so yeah how to be how to be damn oh yeah okay how to be how to be human has um a lyric that is that says, have I fucked up my head with all the books oh, that so I read? Right. There it is. Oh, yeah. Right. I knew there was, right. there was um, something okay. else kind of dicey. Yeah, that was the first one where I was like, I'm not going to censor myself anymore. I'm a grown adult. Yep. I make music for not for children, for adults. Right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so like, funny. what am I yeah. doing? It's like I'm not on a label anymore that is going to censor me. 
Right. So why am I so why I am I self censoring? It feels yes. like you do that in a, in a, when you're on a label, you self censor. Right. Sure. Well, because you're you, also you shouldn't have to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we went through that even even with this podcast. I feel like we were like cutting out all like curse words and stuff because we have a we we had this sort of idea of like who our audience was. Mm-hmm. And then it, at a certain point, it's like, well, no, like this show or or any sort of like creative expression is like supposed to be who you are and so yeah, like, the yeah whole point, so who gives a fuck if the i whole say point fuck? Of, like the whole know? point of making art is to be your true self and to express right. your true self and to me that's like my approach since day one was i just need an avenue to express myself right um yeah why i needed sure. that well there's a lot, a lot probably a lot of stuff in my childhood <laughs> where i didn't get <laughs> yeah. the right response back from the world right and, you know from culture from my family and i needed to be have get a positive response i needed for people to see that there was more to me than 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 met the eye and art gives you that opportunity, right? It's an avenue to you express get to it you get to expose it. You go, there's more here, and I'm going to mine the depths of it and bring it to you. And hopefully, you say, "Yay, that's nice," mm-hmm. yeah. because other, <laughs> everything else I'm doing is getting bad reactions from the world. Right? <laughs> so, right. Like this yes. is the, this is the first time I've done something and they like it, so I oh. have to do more of it. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, um, you're speaking my language. Chase speaking it. my language. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but like that's all I ever wanted to do. And so when I, you know, when we got together as a band i was like okay well how do i do this how do i do more of this you know mm-hmm. like how how can i just keep expressing myself for as long as there's something to express yeah. and that the band was a vehicle for that it was never like uh the band was never like a concept like we never we weren't like machiavellian about it we weren't like plotting and scheming and trying and doing careerist things like we right. kind of did when we had mm-hmm. managers and they would right. try to get us to plot and scheme and and think about our image and think about things. I didn't care about it all. All I wanted was mm. uh, an avenue to express myself. And like, I was yeah. like, whatever I got to do, we got to sign to a label. Fine. As long as yeah, yeah. I, I have money to make the record. Essentially right. it was a means to an end for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that's always what it was. And so, you know, that's why I keep doing it because yeah, people still fund the ability to do it. Right. And mm-hmm. I somehow haven't ran out of things to say. Yeah. <laughs> Which we love. <laughs> I fear that I am actually running out of things to say. I'm, I'm not like, like I won't touch my guitar for like six months. Mm. Like mm. I just, I just, I, that's the way I create. I go away for a while and I'm like, maybe I'll never write a song again. I'm in that phase right now where I'm like, maybe I'll never write a song again. What does that feel like to me? Am I really the guy that writes songs or maybe I, then maybe that's okay if I never write a song again. Right, and I so I, I play with I play in that sort of like uncertainty and unknowing, and then eventually I'll I'll be like, no, I need to write a song now. Yeah, <laughs> there's something <laughs> yeah, I yeah. need to there's something I need to sing about, and I need to get it out. So that's where I'm at right now. But that's that's all the band was was ever to me. I mean, now it's just me running the band and and writing the albums and recording them. You know, so right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I feel like this new record in particular, like. You know, there are a lot of bands like, uh, you, you know, you you mentioned a couple that are favorites of mine, like Brand New, Taking Back Sunday, stuff like that. Like, I feel like Taking Back Sunday is almost kind of 
stuck in that like old school sort of album cycle of like, well, we just got to keep making shit. And there's not a a lot of it that I super relate to, but I feel like specifically with this new album, you were kind of tapping into this sort of anger and frustration that was like super relatable as someone, you know, that as a fellow rage boy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I'm mostly a sad boy. But you know, I'm I'm a rage boy every now and but then. You have your moments, and and it felt like it was like like these were songs that like you needed to get out, and it was something that was like super relatable to me. So. Yeah, I was. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that Adam Curtis documentary. Um, Can't get you out of my head. It's like a documentary series. It's mm. really artfully done, but it's about culture in the West and collectivism versus individualism and oh, how culture has failed in the West with our individualism and that it's so convoluted now. It's like really hard, like art, like we, we don't coalesce as a culture around. No, no. Yeah. We all sequester in corners, right? right? Yes. Everyone's atomized and they're in their little bubbles and no one can really capture the feeling of, of right now is what he said. Nobody can capture the feeling of right now. So I was like, Mm. I'm going to try. Um, we're yeah, coming out of wow. COVID. We're going to come out of COVID lockdown and, and like everyone's crazy. Like we've, we've been through this like mass psychosis event. Right. And, and like, what does it feel like right now? So you're telling me you watched that documentary and you sort of took it as a challenge. You were like, all right. <laughs> yeah. To some extent. <laughs> you know what? You said I'll we can't you, do yeah. that. I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> I'm going to, well, I mean, I think that's always the goal, right? It's just a yeah. nice reminder. But like, that's it. that's the goal. Is like when you when you sit down to write a song, you're trying to capture that moment exactly yeah. how you're feeling in that moment. Yes. And some people try to keep you in that feeling. They go, "Why did you say this in this song?" I was like, "I felt that then. I don't feel that now." Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you know, like, what did you mean? Like, why did you? Why do you feel this way? I don't feel that way. I did ten years ago at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I can't yeah. even tap into that guy anymore. Right. But that's yeah, the whole yeah. point is to capture the moment. Yes. Yes. To, to capture the moment. And so that's, I mean, we all went through it, you know, all of us went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can I say from my perspective to try to um, embody those emotions that we all went through that we couldn't really make sense of? I mean, that's the thing of like, when we're talking about going through your teenage years, you can't make sense of all these new emotions and all these new right. feelings and these new perspectives. Well, and then and then good art gives you like a conduit to it give, be able yeah. to like mm-hmm. express that. That's something someone that, else uh, is someone else feels that and has the yeah. ability to express it, and or you can kind of it. piggyback on their yes mm-hmm. on their perspective, and you go, "Wow, now I have their perspective," and that actually right. gives my perspective some depth and some yeah, explanatory context. value yeah. and context. And so, that to me has always been the job of the artist or the creator is to honestly express the moment so that other people can participate in that. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. <laughs> and I'm dying from COVID and again. You're sorry. Dying. <laughs> uh, Even after making the album, it didn't save you. Yeah. You're still dying. No, it didn't. <laughs> it came back That's with a vengeance poetic. because of that. Yeah, yeah. that is. Like, I'll that show is you, McDonald. <laughs> That's good. I have a pretty specific question kind of piggybacking off of that on Grimmage. Um, on Grimmage, if you will, actually. Grimmage. Forgive me. Grimmage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the McDonald's shake. character, <laughs> yeah. Grimace. Yeah. It's like Grimace's cousin, Grimage. The Grimage shake. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Um, so like every now and then y'all would do these like little like love pop songs like uh so like on the new record you have Stay in Love and then oh, it reminded me song. of Solar Powered Life on Vagabonds. Yeah. And they always kinda like stand out to me. Because mm-hmm. like they're different. But for me there's always they're always highlights and like Stay in Love is one of my mm-hmm. favorite songs from last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious is like is that something that everyone's kind of like on board with or is that something you kinda have to fight for like I'm going to put a love song in no. here. Or like something, even love song aside, it's just like a super poppy song compared to like some of the yeah. rest of the stuff y'all have done. Is that yeah. something that is just kind of like, kind of get to do whatever everyone's on that's board That's one with, for or? me, baby. That's one yeah. for me. No. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. There's like, I think there's probably like four or five topics that I, that I write songs about. Hmm. Can you list them from your favorite to least favorite? <laughs> no. Rank them. <laughs> there's like, yeah, there's like sad boy songs mm-hmm. that are like desperation, loneliness, addiction. Those are kind of like the sad boy songs. And then there's like um, nostalgia or like getting older songs. There's a lot of getting older songs. Yeah. And uh, and then there's like love songs, which, yeah. you know, like these are things that are worth singing. Love, love is worth singing about. Like, how do you yeah. do it? How do I do it? I'm a sarcastic guy in real life. Right. Um, I am vulnerable in songs because that's how I can tap into my vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's really hard to write a, a sincere love song. It's right. extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so all of all of the love songs I've written have been a little cheeky, a little mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek, a little sarcastic, a little swaggery. But I, you still got to write them, I think, right? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for if you're sure. if if you experience love in your life, don't you have to write about it? So yeah, um, yeah, it's not always. My my wife calls it uh, music, Kylan, because I'm really bad at expressing myself day to day, and then I'll just like <laughs> hole up and I'll I'll write like four songs, and she's like, "Oh, now I understand how you feel." <laughs> like, thank yeah. you, music, Kylan. <laughs> yes, no, it's true. It's like it's. It's a way to get the part of you that you were told to hide in some way, or you got right. the message that you needed to hide to protect right. yourself. And you got that message young, and that part of you is like bottled up in there and needs to get out. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I have friends who are like, I have a friend like who's a really good songwriter who's like pretty nervous and like anxious in real life and like soft and tender and like emotional. And then he writes these just insanely swagger songs like that this like i am a badass cool and i will kill you songs and i'm like dude how do you it's like the 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 little thing bottled up inside of him is like this this tough guy that he wants to be or something (laughs) he has to like tap into it for his music but that's what you find is like some of the most like hardcore bands are 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 made of the most like soft you know, timid souls. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Of like, you think of like a bunch of hardcore bands, or you think of even like some of the biggest, like most swagger ridden rock bands of all time. And really, like, if you like really get into music, like you're just a nerd. Like everybody's just kind of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone you it's think true. is like so cool is just a nerd. <laughs> and I no, love it. It's true. I love it. It's an it's a it's a way that helps me, I think, connect with a lot of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even Mick, like Mick Jagger is like such a nerd. And like Oh, sure. And <laughs> and he's like 
sort of the epitome yeah, you're, of this. You're life. in the arts, you know. Yeah, you're you're exactly. not like you're not like an MMA fighter. You're in the arts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. not a cool guy. <laughs> right. Let's let's just you're call doing it what creative. It <laughs> you're doing creative work. Right. You're imagining all day. But at the same time, kind of <laughs> like we were saying, like the artist's sort of role as the person that gives language or articulation to a feeling, even if it's a feeling of swagger. Like the artist sure. can step into that persona, right? That role. Right. Yeah. It's not them. It's not who they are, essentially. But sure. it's, it's them getting to play a part and also offer that experience to an audience or a listener, which everybody loves. Yeah. Pumping yourself up is like part of life. It really is a sincere part of life. And like right. being like, okay, I've got so I've got confidence. I'm going to walk through the fire. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Like that's that you need that swagger and yeah songs songs help you embody it you know so yeah and on that on that topic i'm gonna take us all the way back sorry matt i hope this isn't a little i hope this isn't too whiplashy for you but i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna jump all the way back to the silver cord because i just want to say that grave digging and abracadabras gave me that swagger when i was Mm -hmm. listening to those songs like i wasn't quite when i first heard them i wasn't digging in on a lyrical basis but I was vibing. Kylan's mm-hmm. Kylan's our our resident our vibe, vibe guy. guy. He's our resident, resident vibe guy. Yeah. But I was pulling a Kylan when I first heard these songs, and I just have to tell you, Matt, those are those are stone cold bops, and I will die <laughs> on that hill. I will <laughs> dig my own grave if anyone disagrees. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Also, well, well, I just have to jump in. We we talked on our episode on the Silver Cord of Abercadavers as a title is just. Yeah, fucking incredible and (laughs) and i i can't believe that no one thought of that as a title for like a horror movie or anything no you said it was from oh no it was it was uh tales from the crypt yeah but yeah there's but there should be more art titled abracadavers it's just a 10 out of 10 title (laughs) it's true 10 out of well that song was inspired by going to the bodies exhibit at science world in vancouver with my wife's family Awesome. And you see, like, it's all, like, the inside of bodies. Right. These cadavers. Yeah, yeah. And, but they're, like, alive. Right. I love um, that because I, f- I feel like I get so much of that kind of physiology and, like, humanist imagery from you across your discography, Matt. Mm. And, and so to know that it was hitting on this one, and it was from a lived experience of you just being like, I'm going to I'm gonna poke around with this idea of, like, the human body. Mm-hmm. And, um I, I I just love that because that that re- that stuff really resonates with me because I feel like you blend the sort of mythological like big story and and kind of mythical stuff with the the like flesh and blood with the dirt and the yeah you got to ground it in reality that's what yeah. I when I did the uh, songwriting uh, workshops I talked about that a bit where like you have this overarching theme which is like mortality in that song mm-hmm. you're you're dealing with your own mortality you're seeing. You're seeing that it's going to end, and what are you doing with your time, and all the questions that brings up for you. And then, yeah. but I always say, like in a verse, you have to be specific. You have to get nouny. You know, mm-hmm. what are you actually oh, talking okay. about? You can't be general in in the verse. You got to bring right. people into the story, and you can right. you do that with nouns. That's why country music you guys were talking about yes. earlier always talks about the truck and the blue jeans and right. the beer it's very specific. and the stuff yeah, yeah. it puts it puts you in the in the narrative really quickly yeah. and so you have to get specific it has to be in the dirt and the mud and the things that people can touch taste and feel 
yeah. with your lyrics in the verse, and then you can go to the general. What is right. the course of that song? We're all the same, made of hair, yeah. yes, yeah. bone, yeah. Yeah, we cells. we've we've talked about that a couple times of like that that idea of the songs that tend to resonate. I feel personally like with the most people are hyper specific to the point where they become universal. Yeah, they're right? personal yeah. before they're universal. Yeah. Right. Because everybody can relate to it. Yep. Yeah. It's like a it's like a bad hor- horoscope or something. It's like yeah, you literally everyone can relate to like any horoscope because it's like <laughs> right, right. You sometimes feel lonely and you wish people you know liked you more. Right, it's like right. oh, they're th- speaking to me in my soul, but it's like <laughs> right. no, that yeah. literally is everybody. <laughs> right, right. But Jason. then, then, then if you can ground that to like here is a very specific time in which I felt lonely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then you know that sure that becomes like so relatable. I love that. Or just how how am I deal how am I dealing with my loneliness right now? Right. Now people don't usually talk about that, but if you talk about it in the song, everyone relates to it because everyone yeah. has done that. The classic crime is murder. But <laughs> so there's also is. larceny. In case you want to mix it up, what is the classic crime? We didn't ask Matt that. Uh, so we're talking about Collide Records, guys. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Our favorite sponsor. Definitely one of my favorites because it does feel a little bit like letting the inmates run the asylum or whatever. <laughs> is we have very little oversight <laughs> in the content of our ads. That's um, true. But, you know, we're going to pivot to... They've got some really cool classic crime stuff on CollideRecords.com. No kidding. They got a How to Be Human CD, which we talked about some tracks on that record. Uh, with Matt and and got some really good insight. I really think that the CD is a a steal. It's seven ninety nine right now. It's on sale right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff. A lot of the CDs. I know. It are. looks like all the a lot of the classic crime stuff is on sale. I know. Mm-hmm. You can pick up anything post tooth and nail. If you're missing that in your CD collection, just boom. In one fell swoop from Collide Records on sale, you could get it all. It's they there. also. I do want to call attention to that they got some uh, vocal few. Records as well, which oh, is nice. Christie's yeah. side project. So cool. they've got nice. some of those on vinyl as well. If you're needing to add those to your catalog, I think you should. And if you're a big spender, you can get the Phoenix Vinyl LP, the 10 year anniversary edition in a sea blue Oof. swirly tricolor. It's a beautiful color. It's it and beautiful. I think it's a really great, like, I love, like, we've talked about when vinyl like matches the aesthetic of the record. It mm-hmm. feels like a great aesthetic for Phoenix as well. It matches. Yeah. Yeah. And we would be remiss if we did not mention that you can use our promo code and get a pretty sweet discount. How much is it, guys? What's Whoa, the disc? Whoa, there's something even better than just going to Collide Records and buying stuff? Yeah, yeah Josh. Whoa, what is it? It's, it's a discount code. It's a promo what? code. You can save even more money? Yeah. That's awesome. How do, mm. I, how do I do that? You use what? your fingers. Got them. Use your fingers. You right here. <laughs> Collide, re- I'm going to make a use your fingers Collide record T-shirt. shirt. I'm just going to send it to Greg. Yeah, give it to Apropos Greg. This is, this is for free. Sell it on his it's store. like, sell that. <laughs> this is going to sell out. Use your fingers. It says Collide Records, so, use your fingers. Let's get meta. You can go and use your fingers to order a hypothetical T-shirt that says use your fingers on Collide Records. No, that's not real. That doesn't exist. No. 
go you and can buy get some great music. Some amazing music by the Classic Crime from Quad Records by using the promo code. What is it, Kylan? Church Jams now for twenty percent off on your first purchase. So, jammers, Kylan here. We're going to interrupt the show uh, just briefly to ask you if you like the show, or you know what, if you don't like the show, no matter what. You should go rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, I don't fully understand how it's helpful, but it is helpful for us to get some feedback. We just got our first review of 2024. We sure did. Oh, it was so good. It it was. Uh, I'm not going to read it all, but you know, you can go to our, our to our podcast page and check it out. It's a two star review, which is valid, right? Better than one. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'll take Lower it. Lower the source I, of the better, right, guys? I think, <laughs> I think that's so. how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. it's like cool. golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The coveted one-star slot. So get out there and give us one star, Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> also, alternatively, if you want to give us five stars, you know, more Mix power to you. You know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you feel is appropriate. <laughs> Do whatever your heart desires. Just let us know, man. Because uh, the biggest thing is, like, it's really fun for me to get feedback on on how you feel about the show so we would love any and all reviews ratings on itunes and the best part is it takes two three seconds you know get on as evidenced by our two-star review yeah they didn't spend much time (laughs) yeah you can just tap the stars if you don't want to leave a review or if you want to type something out even better but yeah if you can give us ratings and reviews spotify and apple great we love it i want to get a little more kind of granular about this, about, sure. about, about songwriting in particular, because um, one thing from everyone that I, I feel like in my life that is a big classic crime fan, the biggest thing that everyone talks about is specifically the songwriting. And so if you're down, I want to I want to get a little bit into like process. Sure. You know, there there are so many avenues in which you can write a song like so many different ways like you can just kind of jam out till you find a melody and then write lyrics later you can write lyrics first I'm, I'm i'm just curious how how you sort of get into that zone yeah i uh i mean i've written a song any way that you can write a song where I love that you have a melody yeah. you have a rhythm i'll just like sing kick snare into my voice notes um mm. I'll have a line in my head, right? That that'll keep speaking, keep speaking, and then sing it. Mm. Or sometimes the line comes w- with a melody. Sometimes mm. not. Sometimes mm. I write a whole song, then write a melody, and then I write lyrics. Mm. So it's like it. It really is. So much of it is not. A, you can't systematize it. I don't mm-hmm. think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You have to just be. Pr- yeah. You just have to be present for. And you have to be, you have to play, you have to play like a kid, you have to be present, and then you have to be whimsical. And, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to write, I'm going to write a beat. So I'll just be in MIDI, playing with drums, and I'll just pick a BPM, and I'll just write a beat. Yeah. And I'll be like, all right, here's a beat that I like, and it syncopates the hats this way, and it's cool, and it feels good. And and then, all right, I'll just grab the bass guitar, and I'll be like, what would the bass do? What would it do? And then... Build it that way. I mean, if like if you're bored and you don't have anything, it's really fun to start backwards. Like normally you would start with like, you know, acoustic guitar and a voice. What if right. you started with the drums? 
Yep. Right. And that's what I did on um, on How to Be Human. The whole record was written drums and bass first. I didn't oh, even really? play guitar on a lot of the demos. Yeah. The guitars were a total aft- afterthought. And I think it has some of the best like rhythm sections. Yeah. Because yeah. of that. Because I was trying to be interested in writing an interesting rhythm section as opposed to like, oh no, no, here's the here's the vocal, here's the melody. That's what matters, just whatever for the rhythm. Because mm-hmm. it just has to support that. Right. Whereas yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I'm focusing just on the rhythm section, then then I'm like, well, it has to be interesting for me without anything else. So just working backwards sometimes. Um but yeah, I think it's more it's it's less about a system. You have to show up, obviously. You have to show up and sit down, and that's the hardest part is mm-hmm. like double clicking Pro Tools, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, taking that time and, and yeah. dedicating yourself yeah. to that process. Yeah. No matter yeah. what happens. You, and, and you can't like now now we live in a world of like just insane entertainment distractions constantly right. on our phones, <laughs> and it's just like your brain just can't be bored anymore. And like, that was so much of my songwriting as a teenager was just, there was nothing to do. Mm. And I was alone Mm. in my room and I just had a guitar and I was like, this is, this is more fun than nothing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, now there's never nothing to do. There's so much competition. Right. There's so much to do. Your energy. For, for your attention. And that's part of Grim Age. The theme of Grim Age is that like, people are always worried about like what, AI will do when like AGI or sentient AI mm-hmm. comes, it's already rewired all of our brains. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, recommendation yeah. algorithms have changed the way we think. It's changed what we like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's changed what we desire. It's changed what we get dopamine from. Like it's, we're already being changed by AI. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't, we didn't like consent to it. Mm, yeah it um, just it's already hacking us. it's it's hacking our chemistry and our biology and our because the only the only incentive from these algorithms is to get more of our attention that's literally the only incentive so they don't consider any of the negative externalities it's just like oh did they watch the app longer then yes mm. that will feed them more of that content and it's like it's just optimizing for extracting your attention <laughs> yeah and i and i love that as an artist you're trying to like call attention to that and and try to break it down and try to encourage people to like maybe think about it a little bit or at least just reckon with what's happening and, and i mean i'm not trying yeah i'm not trying to be an activist about it i'm just noticing yeah you're just sharing your experience with it right that like that my anything. life is my life is worse because of right it. <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> just noticing that and expressing that I'm noticing. Um, And I think that's part of it too, is like you have to be aware. You have to notice things um, to write, you know, to write songs. You can't just be floating along and, and, and just going along to get along. You have to sort of like be like, Hmm, why is everybody doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, have some agency. Why why do, yeah. Why do we all just assume that that's the way to be? And there's definitely themes, themes of that coming up in little moments across grim age. I feel like where, you know, you're you're sort of investigating and being curious and, and, and trying to to push back a little bit from from maybe like one point, one perspective, right? Like it's sure. not, you're not necessarily advocating for <laughs> an no, yeah, I'm not. revolution or anything like that, but it feels grounded, I guess is my point. And and I really appreciate that. Um Oh thank you. And I really resonated with the um the what you run from. Ooh, um, yeah, idea like mm-hmm. 
I it like I liked the old ways, and then I thought what you run from was like an like a continuation of that same yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder. Wait, are they back to back on the record? No, "Stay in Love" is right so. between them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, you threw that Six, love seven, song eight. in there. My, my bad. <laughs> to break it up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, the through line was there. You know, it was, yeah. it was enough. But I, I, I did really like the line. Um, when I was young and out of place, misunderstood for giving them a taste, it always felt like my last stand. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you'd, if you'd be willing to, to speak to that, because that, that, that line stuck, stuck out to me. That s- sequence of lines, and I was just like, what, what's going on there? Yeah, I feel like, you know, part of being like growing up and wanting to be do art for a living is mm. like because you were you were like damaged in some way, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Crit- critically and emotionally damaged in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think my personality was not understood when I was a kid. Like I was all constantly in trouble. I was constantly mm-hmm. in the office. I was constantly getting in fights. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why everyone was against me. And like, if I hadn't been socialized, like I might have just been like a cr- a career criminal or something. I, I don't know. Like, wow. it's just That's my DNA. Name. My DNA was yeah. My DNA was very much just to be against because the world seemed against me. And like, why I picked art. Like initially, I wanted to be a comic book artist because I could draw. I could get visual ideas out of my head onto a paper really easily. Mm. And then I would get right. positive affirmation from teachers and parents and peers. And that was the first time I got positive affirmation from teachers and parents and peers. Because right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything else I did was getting a negative response. Right. Um, and then I learned that if you actually write a song or you can play a song, you get a lot of positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. Right. So that seems like a better way to be in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it always did. Uh, it always felt like my last stand. I'm just, putting myself into my head when I was like seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. like that th- they're coming for me and I have to protect myself. Right. Um, I have to defend myself against them all. So when you say misunderstood for me. giving them a taste, you're saying like showing them your true self or, or ch- just trying to sh- show up. I think that was more lashing out. Like, mm, okay. Because I'm actually deeply sensitive. You wounded me and I fight back. Right. I'm giving you a I taste see. of how you hurt me. Yeah. But obviously my reaction is the thing that gets criticized, right? Yeah. It's not the person that hit, that throws the first stone, it's the person it's, that throws the second fights one. Fights back. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that was that was Is that some uh, Enneagram 8 energy I'm detecting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Cool. We don't have to get in the weeds with it. I just <laughs> I, Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, that, I'm that's a big Enneagram the... nerd, so I'm I'm Yeah, I'm oh, you are. To... Okay. I'm I'm hijacking the podcast right now. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, it wasn't it. I'm kidding. Yeah, all the non Enneagram people love it when you hijack. Uh, <laughs> they love it. The it's their favorite thing. I I wore like I, I remember I learned I learned it like pretty pretty good in 2015 or so. And I remember I wore all my friends out. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, once it once I'll it hits you, that. then you're like, then you're like, dang, this is really important for me. This is illuminated a lot in my life right. it's this ex- literally explains every con- confusing situation i've ever had yeah, it right. literally explains it all it the explanatory really power is so powerful <laughs> that mm-hmm. you can't help but go to all your friends and be like do you want your whole life explained to you <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and most powerful. of them are like 
Most of them are like, no, no I don't. Right, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Don't want I don't want I don't want it. I'm fix. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead I'm gonna I'm like, go oh, write a song called Holy yeah. Water right. and mm-hmm. talk about oneness <laughs> and interconnectedness, and that's gonna be how I understand myself. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, yeah, exactly. this, this is a hundred percent not something we need to delve into, but there is, I feel like, a evangelicalism to Enneagram pipeline oh, oh that, oh, that yeah. exists of like well fuck this but like i still need to make sense of the world mm-hmm. and here's yeah. a way that i can do it there's a model but yeah. also it it feels like salvation right mm-hmm. when yeah, you yeah. when you oh, really sure. when you really read your own mail like that oh yeah mm-hmm. it feels oh, like totally. it feels like you were lost and now you're found yeah and of totally. course that power it's like so of course the the evangelicals are going to love that. That's For like sure. another tool in the box, right? Yeah, right. right. Mastery, right? Understanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I we all it. want that, you know, on a human level. Like that, we we want to make sense of the chaos in our lives and just the, yeah. the craziness around us. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really do love that that song, <laughs> "Holy Water" on on um, how to be human because I I feel like it. It's almost like a a part two to Abracadavers, but it's less mad, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. because like Abracadavers is like we're all the same, right? That's the mm-hmm. chorus. But this one is every drop of holy water comes from the ocean. Like we're all connected. There's a connectivity mm-hmm. there. That's that's not. There's a little less like you know, I guess uh, less of an edge that's in a, that chorus. Yeah, everything that is. That's sort of like an everything is sacred. Yes. Like we we Which divide, we say we say it's it's separate. There's we secular. have to separate everything. Yeah. But really yeah. the really the water cycle makes makes holy water. Makes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it all comes from the same place. <laughs> and every atom in your body is from exploding stars billions of years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm. no, that's um that was definitely a post um you know, kind of I don't know, deconstruction album post. Yeah. Like not like I think we stopped going to church in like 2015, mm. and that's when I wrote most of the songs that came out on How to Be yeah. Human. Mm. So, would you be able to speak to the the album art on on that album? I love the art on that. One. Um, it's a painter named Renee Robbins, and okay. I was looking for I wanted something painted, mm. and mm-hmm. so I, I was hitting up this one artist because I saw that he did an album like packaging. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It was like these really colorful leaves and everything. I was like, that's really natural and cool. Mm. And so I hit him up and he's like, you know what? I just don't have the capacity to do that right now. But check out my friend Renee. She does really cool stuff. And so cool. I looked up her work and I was like, hey, this painting that you have, I want to use it for an album cover. So we worked out a deal. That's so cool. That's nice. gorgeous. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it, it seems to resonate with a lot of the the themes. Again, that kind of like the elemental side of things that I feel like you yeah. fuse with the, the human grounded side of things. Like there's this, yeah, it's, the, it's like both. It's like uh, I like, it's like macro and micro. It's like, yes, exactly. You have the sort of almost like, it's like, um, astrophysics and quantum physics. Yes. You know how they kind of like look the same a little bit at the, but then you also have, then you also have like, um, this organic material. It's like the, the way it kind of looks like blood or goo, mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's like um, if Ridley Scott was going to do like a kids book, 
<laughs> yeah, that's, yes, that's my that's my yeah. feeling. Alien for kids, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In the best way. <laughs> I I don't know if 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 the other guys had questions. I I I did. I just wanted to say I didn't want to. Didn't want to dominate this this conversation. No, go I for just, it, man. I was go like, I was it. jumping I, along just, this discography because this, there's so much to pull out of this. You know, this, this is always what happens. I feel like when we have like really good interviews, is there's it always hits a point where the person that we're talking to and TJ like really connect <laughs> on a metaphysical level, and then I forget <laughs> that I'm also a co-host of the podcast and i'm just listening to a really interesting conversation <laughs> well i've got plenty more ways for you to just lose yourself kylan because okay i'm confused about how matt met god in a velvet elvis painting that he painted himself <laughs> and we i would love a, to hear about that <laughs> we had a joke there's this bar downtown seattle that we used to go to with me and a bunch of friends that we always, we we rode fifty cc scooters. We were in this scooter club nice. together, and we would always joke about stealing the velvet Elvis paintings off the wall in this nice. bar. I love but it. But they were bolted down, and so we would like we would be sit there drinking beer and then talking about our master plan, like how we would pull it off mm. to steal the velvet Elvis yes. paintings. Yes. So that's that that lyric comes up from that concept. And then there was a double entendre, probably with the Rob Bell book, Velvet Elvis. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say which I had, which I had read. I was gonna ask if if there was a, if there was a Rob Bell reference couched. But no, that I think that I think that line is more just about like drinking alone in a bar. Yeah, I mean the rest of the verse is like pretty. Like it goes from like very kind of like silly, punchy, funny to to pretty dark, pretty fast. Yeah, like if you also it it. evokes the feeling of like drinking alone, drinking alone, getting drunk. Like that's yeah, it's getting drunk too fast because Uh you're sad. Yeah, well, I feel pretty good, and then I don't feel so good anymore. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like I'm gonna watch all the Halloween movies, and then on Halloween three, I'm like, what the fuck is my life? (laughs) But the but the chorus, the turn. The the reason this song is so great, not done with you yet. Sorry for 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 those. I I didn't mention the name of the song. I just jumped into the we transitioned, story. yeah, um, into the next track. Verse two is the one I'm referencing, and then it jumps and turns into the chorus. But I'm not done with you yet. Is the response? Mm-hmm. I it's so powerful, man. Like because it goes from that place of like kind of punchy, happy, silly to mm-hmm. very dark and very alone to hopeful, beautifully hopeful. Mm. And and I wanted to share that with you and also ask, not to put you on the spot, but do you is that one that you still resonate with? We were talking earlier about songs that get to make it into the live show or don't or that you that yeah, you don't yeah. really connect with. Is that one that, that you would, you know, Yeah, vibe with that now? doesn't I mean it's it, it has its like really vulnerable moments. And sometimes I don't really vibe with like the some some of the sometimes the the referencing of God and stuff I I, I sometimes I'm like oof did I have mm. to be mm. so on the nose right. could I have been more you know metaphorical than just sure. literal you know but that's that's exactly what I was feeling at the time so I just didn't right. mind it you know yeah I think that song has like a general appeal because regardless of how you take that lyric i'm not done with you yet exactly it is it is about moving forward the idea right so like like life well that's the point is like the the first the first line of the song is 
life can be senseless. Mm. I try to make sense of it. So things just don't make sense. And you have all these ups and downs, but you resolve to continue forward. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Mm. And so with whatever you is, it's me in one sense. It's like light. It's the journey Mm -hmm. in another sense. The universe. It could be the hope, the hope for some absolute power or authority or meaning or sense Mm -hmm of meaning in the world, like God, if you will, Mm, you can insert anything you want into the you. So I think that's why it kind of has an appeal to, to many different people. Um, and I, I always like to write songs like that where it's like, everyone will be like, I know what the song's about. It's about this. And I'm like, yeah, it could be, be. but it also, it also works this way. Mm Yes. And so like people can take different things from it. And that, and that's again, the beauty of like getting to be an artist is you're giving that gift to others of like, I have my own interpretation of this thing that I was experiencing and capturing that moment. And also the gift keeps going and other, but reality is layered. Yeah. Reality is layered too. So like there is no literal reality. I mean, Mm -hmm. like reality is a harmony, you know, it's like, it's like a stack of things and you have, you know, like we were just talking about, you have like, you know, anatomic or sorry, atomic reality. Like you have like quantum physics and then you have like this meso meso reality, which is like what we live in, which is like our medium. And then you have the the big. And so you always have this metaphysical reality that you're trying to contend with. And then you have the real life that you're living like a tiny speck in that. And then even zero in down to microscopic level that, that reality. And so to me, it's like a song should have multiple layers of meaning because reality has multiple layers of, layers of meaning, sense making, you know, right. so you, you can make sense at many different layers and your life is, is that rich too. You can make sense of how you're feeling at many right. different layers. So that thank I'm... you so much for being on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, this is such a TJ interview. I love it. Oh yeah. Uh, I was, I think I, I'm, I, literally just texted josh is like tj's having the best time (laughs) (laughs) true guilty so okay i'm 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 really curious then matt how much on on a songwriting level are these things like these multiple layers and themes something that you attempt to put into everything on like an intellectual level or is this just sort of Based on how you view the world, is this? Just I think it just bubbles kind of, like, up, like kind of how you think, and it's, this is just how it comes out. No, I think it just bubbles up. I think you, I think you discover it. It's but already it's like there. you were saying. It's it's presence, right? You show up. It's right. not Machiavellian, like you said. Right, no, right, right. It's not so. I'm like, not plotting and out. scheming right. and conniving. Like to me, I mean, um, Stephen King wrote this book on writing, which is really good. So good. And it's all about writing novels, but, um, but it's so good. It's his, his is nonfiction. (laughs) It's really good. But he talks about how like you got to throw yourself into writing Mm -hmm. in that creative space. And then you go back through and you notice the themes and then you start to bring Uh, the themes out and you highlight them. So you're, you're almost uncovering it. Like Aaron Sprinkle told me once a song is like a fossil. It already exists in the ground. And you, your job as the artist is to uncover it. I love it. And you might uncover some of the bones of this fossil 
And you might think, oh, it's it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex or something. I don't know what, it, what right. fossil you're going to yeah. find. But <laughs> but you you might be wrong. You keep uncovering it and you keep uncovering it and you follow that trail down until you get all of the bones of the song. And you go, what does this song want to be? Mm. And you can put together a bunch of different ways, but there's only one right way. There's one way it needs to be. Yep. Yeah. And so you're doing you're you're uncovering the song, you're uncovering the themes in the song, and you're trying to do justice. You're trying to bring bring what the song already is. And that I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just the the right perspective, I think, right. to have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It already knows what it is, and it's your job to put it together. Right. Yeah. So I'm not putting in, I'm not projecting any, anything of myself onto it, you know, right. like I, but I'm blown away by when I, when I, when I write something suddenly I'm like on a whim off the top of my head and it has multiple meanings. Yeah, That yeah. to me gives me, ex- makes me excited yes. and I go, oh my gosh, that's so great. And then if I change this one other lyric that like the, points to I that say, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it also is a throwback to an old song I did seven years ago and it all yeah. makes sense. It's like yeah. harmony. We're stacking now. Yeah. Right. You know, we're stacking it up. We're making music with, with narrative now mm-hmm. to the extent that there is themes or multiple layers to the lyrics is, is because that's what gets me off. That's why I like, like right. I like yeah, that yeah. and right. I go, Oh, that's what I want. I want more of that. Yep. So keep Keep looking for it. Keep finding it. Ooh, I love it. Wow. I know. I keep forgetting I'm on a know, podcast. Right? Yeah. It's just so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that teaches songwriting. Thanks for joining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am here for it. I yeah. know. I know. It's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. I had something that is, uh, I, yeah, I, I can't even remember what I was going to talk about. That was really profound. I'm still like processing it as, 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 a songwriter like trying to think about that that's so cool well, how do you song how do you songwrite so i'm a total vibe guy like i i will go in so my my primary instrument is guitar just a quick note that the interviewee has become the interviewer yeah, yeah right um let's go and 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 i Continue. use it as a way to process like like kind of what you were saying of like looking back and like being able to change certain things to like build these things. I a hundred percent do that. I have no idea what any of my songs are about until mm-hmm. I'm done with them. And then, right. well, it's, it's not that I don't have any idea. It's that I'm not able to articulate it until sure. after the mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. That's all talking about music is all just hindsight 2020. Right. It's exactly. all just, it's all just going, Oh, I, I, I think I meant this, and then I think I meant that. I guess because it makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, I think about that a lot. So my wife is in graphic design, and I think her biggest skill is rationale because she also will just like she'll like make something that looks incredible and then be able to articulate it kind of after the fact. And I, I just. Right. In a graphic design, you're often you having to explain yourself to bosses and people and clients who don't know what they're talking that are, about. Yeah, exactly. And then so you exactly. have to always have it. Better be ready. <laughs> you right. have to have a rationale yeah. to justify yourself. Yeah, and but and, with music, it's different because like most people can't make music. Right. So they don't even know. Like everyone has an opinion, but it like, just gets to exist without it just having exists, to explain yeah. it a thousand times right. over. Yeah. Kill it. Like, why did you do that? I don't know. It's fucking... I don't know. It sounded good. <laughs> do you like it? Do you it like it? Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. 
I wonder, Matt, do you uh do you do you still resonate with the song Happy Nihilist? Because I love that bridge. I just gotta tell you. The woes? Yeah, the why am I haunted by the metaphysical? Is oh, why am I haunted by or is it literal? Yeah. The books I read used to freed my mind have made me more blind, but the truth, I'll find it. And again, it's like that upward swing at the end. That's what right. I love about, yeah. about your songwriting. And when you're doing songs like that, do you ever write like character songs where you're like, I'm writing this for like, or is everything very autobiographical? No, no, no. That's Great a character question. song. That's okay. a character song. Um, the verses in like, in um, the way that you are, are characters. Mm, yeah. Anytime I use like he or she, it's usually characters. Right. Sure. Not myself. So you know what that that actually uh, transitions into. You brought up there are quite a few songs in the classic crime discography that are that very specifically reference you know drugs, addiction, things like that. And so I'm curious, like how much of that is sort of a means to an end it it it, because a lot of time it it feels like a shorthand for like a very specific experience whether it was lived or not it was metaphorical or yeah yeah and yeah Yeah. and i don't i don't know if that's a good question or not i'm just personally curious like um, i i wouldn't ever speak i i don't think i'm i would write about something i don't know about i think that's like rule number one Hmm. you should always know about what you're writing about right Right, to some mean? extent. Yeah. Um, so yes, like I, I've never had like a like a twelve step program level uh, drug addiction in my life. <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've never, I've never pushed past a certain point. Right. But um, there were definite periods like when my wife and I were broken up for like eight months before we got back together when I was like nineteen, twenty, mm-hmm. where I did a lot of experimenting and. Watched a lot of sunrises, you know, much to my mm. horror. Right. Hmm. So I know I'm aware of that. I'm aware of both the allure of giving up in that way and yeah. um, and also the perspective of someone who might find themselves stuck in those places. Yeah. Because I definitely was stuck. By t- I just, I never stay stuck. Like, I always get unstuck somehow. And I think it's just genetics. Yeah. I, I think I just genetically, like... You know, I've stopped a lot of places on the journey that are very bad places that I shouldn't have stopped. Mm. But I, I never got stuck there. I never right. stayed there. I just right. got back on the train. Yeah, and and kept and kept moving. So no, I definitely, you know. Well, it feels drugs like sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 feels like to me, like I said, um, shorthand seems to be the best way. Like like it mm-hmm. it it. Everything that I've connected with, it it feels real. It feels like almost a okay. Once again, I'm going to try to turn this into a movie podcast. You know, Let's like go. like like certain directors have like very specific things, right? Like that they either reference or like techniques or whatever. Like you know, if you think of an Edgar Wright movie, think of like fast cuts, close ups, things like that, and it feels like to me, a you know, specifically talking about drugs and alcohol within a classic mm-hmm. crime song, it it's almost a signifier of mm-hmm. 
this is where you of, are. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like this is a, like, you know, it's a very specific perspective and I really appreciate. That. I think it is a shorthand in some ways because I think people who are into drugs and addiction are usually less risk averse than average. Right. And more, more seeking of right. like yeah, deeper yeah. truth and knowledge. Yeah. It yeah. It, it feels like a be... connect to there of like yeah. that seeking thing. So there is like, and that's just like, if you get stuck in addiction, it's like what brought you there was actually a good instinct. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was misguided right. to this thing that would, would never give you the answers, but give you the right chemical yeah, feeling yeah. that you're getting the answers from it. Yeah. And what I love about your perspective when you do touch on that stuff is it feels so empathetic. It feels so right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a friend, like a, you know, yeah, like there's so much pointy. solidarity in yeah. it. And so, yeah, um, that I think that's, well, that's because I'm like, I've, that I've literally been there. Like I right. probably have right. more in common with addicts than I do with anybody sober. Yeah. Who's right. never been there. Like, right. so, like someone who's like a teetotaling church going yeah. yeah, yeah. person. I have, I have nothing really in common right. with them. Because they've sure. they've never really been seeking. They've never right. really been right. going out and adventuring. They've been stuck, sequestered in their bubble their whole life. And they someone told them, "Don't do this," and they said, "Okay, I right. won't." Mm-hmm. And but that, that to me that, is just like I don't know how to live. That's what I so like appreciate, that. though, is like is as a songwriter, I feel like you've done a really good job of kind of bridging that gap of. Mm-hmm. Like now as someone who's like in their thirties, who has been through a lot of those experiences, I'm like, Oh, I fucking get that. But then also as like a 17, 18 year old, you know, kid playing in the youth group band, I'm like, I think I, I I understand what he's trying to say about this. Right. Like I I think we talked about, I think we touched on that in our silver cord episode of like Mm -hmm. it, it it's incredibly it was a gateway drug to get to get you to do drugs (laughs) exactly so matt all i'm saying is like like you're the reason that i've done coke so (laughs) so full circle (laughs) josh has been uncharacteristically quiet this episode i think it's josh's turn (laughs) this interview is like on tj's level and i'm like a like how did you write this song? What did you like? So it's like I'm very much like a specifics kind of in songs, but this yeah, is very much. A Josh's are very like, like very cool, yeah. Practical. So this right is kind of the brain. level that I'm at. But yeah. it's like while we were talking about this interview of like uh, and how you write songs, I've, it's always stuck out to me like how confrontational your lyrics have been. Ooh. Um, and I was listening back to some old stuff, and I the lyric in everything and nothing stuck out mm. to me where it's like where they chastise me for being honest when they hide behind their pride and their porn. Mm. And and there's been some other stuff. A little on the nose. A very on the nose. <laughs> and so like, obviously that was <laughs> when okay. y'all were still on Tooth and Nail. Um, so I'm curious if one of you have ever had lyrics that either for your first three records that the label was like, hey, can you change this? Or mm. if and during that time or after that time, anyone in the band has been like, hey, maybe this lyric is a little pointed. Or is like, mm. is there any pushback on your lyrics from within the band or when – on the label. Um, no, the label never pushed back. They, they were just like, you can't swear because we have to ship all these to the Christian bookstore. Right. And so you, they have to be um, safe for the whole family, you know? 
But I still said whore, and my argument would have been, if they said I can't say whore, was read your Bible. Mm. Um, (laughs) Checks out. That would have been my argument. But nobody... But nobody, nobody ever stopped me from saying anything I wanted to say. And I think sometimes my band was like, what's the lyric there? And I'd be like, this is it. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're okay. <laughs> they just rolled with it. Yeah. I never, like, because I never liked to change. Like, if someone didn't like something, it made me like it more, kind of, you know? Yeah, gotcha. I, like, I get I'm, that. You know what? I could have taken it or leave it, but now, now that someone doesn't like it, like there's a there's an emotional <laughs> like weight to it, and I think mm. it's good. I think more people should not like it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I gotta okay. share this with the masses so they hate. Yeah, it. <laughs> piss yeah. everyone off. Now I'm really committing to it. Yeah, I just wrote it. Yeah. in a second, but now it's intentional. Yeah, right. Yeah, love it. But that also that that seems like such a band guy perspective because i i always think about for me one of the uh, like life-changing books for me was i read nothing feels good by andy greenwald in like 2005 which was like a an oral history of emo music and he had this whole chapter on jimmy world and there's this one section of that entire book that i always think about of when he had lunch with the drummer from jimmy world and he tried to drill into him. He was just like, yeah, so like, what do you think about this song and this song? And the, and the drummer, he's like, I think he described him as like just eating a sandwich. He was like, I don't fucking know what the songs are about. I just like to play drums. No, that guy, <laughs> that guy is, that guy is flat. Like that guy doesn't, he doesn't yeah. write the songs. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't he's a met- shit. Like, I just want to play he's drums. A me- he's, yeah. He's a metronome for sure. Like yeah. he's a really good drummer, but I love it. No, I mean, that's the thing too, is like people don't, even people in bands, like my bands, my bandmates don't write lyrics. They don't know what's going on. Right. Right. They find out six months after the record comes out what I said in the song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like, play in several weighing... groups. I play drums in several groups, and I can can attest to that. That like there yeah. are there are probably a solid, probably a, a half of the sets that I play. I'm like I don't know the lyrics right now. Yeah. I just don't know them, and I'm a lyrics guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. You know, just goes to show. Like, it's very, it's, knows. it's very rare though, because I think a lot of people just assume like, oh, here's a bunch of musicians. Um, they all do the same thing or they all understand the same stuff or they all, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, it's like everybody comes from a, like, depending on what your instrument is, mm-hmm. that's a unique perspective. Just mm-hmm. the path of your instrument and how right. it sits in a mix and what yes. you could do with it. Yep. Like that's a unique perspective, and then and then also your personal way that you play your instrument is very unique too. Like we can be, we can always find a way to communicate across that divide. Like right. if I'm speaking a B, I, I you know some people might say do do ga do 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 ga, and I, some people boo boo ka boo boo ka, and you know like everybody has a language right. that they can kind yeah, of speak. Yeah. Like this is what I want you to do, and with the hat, yeah. and do, the dialects may be different, but you get there. Yeah. Everybody has a language, but like, right, we can communicate, but we don't all see eye to eye and we don't all know what's going on. Like, right. You know, that's the thing. That's the cool thing about being in a band is that like, you kind of trust that someone else is doing something Yeah, and your ear is telling you that it's, that it's good. It all works together. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm going to officially know. dub that the Ringo effect. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Ringo's great. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just want to hang out, make good music. 
Yeah, he's just feeding. He just feeding positive energy to the yeah, songwriters the exactly. whole time. Truly, <laughs> and that's like so critical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So critical. Because if yeah. you don't have that, like the whole thing can can really deflate. Yeah, can... I will say this: I've written the last two or three records for my band by myself, mm-hmm. like by myself, like in right. a room by myself, nobody around. So Phoenix was the last like collaborative one. No, I wrote. I mean, I write. I've always written every, everything by myself. But like, okay, we would get together and like work on stuff together. Right, right. Back then, back then, you know, when I was writing a song, I'd be like, okay, I got this idea. I got a verse, chorus. Let's let's get the drums and bass on it, and then let, let's mm-hmm. like push into the the bridge and see what the bridge will be. Right. You know, that's that's kind of how we used to do it. But. Yep. When you don't have anybody in a room, it's and I mean such anybody, a like yeah, it's so it's so different because you have yeah. to wear so many hats. And mm-hmm. if you just had, I remember I had I was like comping vocals one day, and my dumb friend came over, and he does, doesn't know anything about music, but just having him there in the back while I was comping vocals, I was just a b a b between two lines, and I'm like I don't know what it is, but just having him there, I could kind of transfer my consciousness into his perspective, and I go, oh, it's b. Right. But if he wasn't yes. there, yeah. I'm stuck. Yes. I'm stuck. Oh my god. Oh, it's right? so relate. That's, that's so relate. yes, that's so true. <laughs> so Completely so like agree. that's what being in a band is is all about. And right. that's just to speak to the fact that like we don't always see eye to eye, but that's the power of it. It's the magic of it because yes. you get to tap into all these other people's perspectives and consciousnesses right. to know what the song needs. Right. Um and if they're positive, like Ringo then yeah. it's just going to be like the whole experience is just going to be way better. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's something too. like, okay, once again, turning this into a movie podcast, like the whole auteur <laughs> theory, like doesn't really exist. Right. Like, like you think of these guys, like yeah. Christopher Nolan, Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese. It's like, yeah, like there, there, there is a specific vision, but there is so much like, so many of those movies that like actually connect with people you have to have collaboration right yeah, like they're, like, not, they're not doing the lighting for their own movies <laughs> right yeah other yeah, yeah, people yeah. who know that are yeah, yeah yeah exactly and yeah that's that's totally my perspective like josh and tj right you you guys know that like as oh, a songwriter yeah. i'm just like whenever we do get a chance to play together i'm just like well you guys are better at these things so i'll let yeah. you do those <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's it's so hard when you're doing it just by yourself. By yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so fucking hard, and it's it's not impossible, right? Like it's not. It's no, I've obviously proven that it, it that is right. possible yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just <clears throat> talking about enjoyment, personal enjoyment, exactly. Versus, like pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but then different... also, like, there were times when we were, you know, in 2007 or eight, when we were like working on a record, and I was like, I wish these guys would just fuck off and leave me alone <laughs> because I know what I'm doing, and right. they're always yeah, questioning yeah. me. You yeah, know, yeah, they're yeah, always thinking space. they know better. It's like, what? Yeah. Show me the last song you wrote. You didn't write any songs. Now you can <laughs> come talk about yes. my. Like, yeah. There was that emotion that was in me. You know, too, when I had had to deal with them all the time and all their opinions, right? Yeah, which yeah, which was sometimes yeah, yeah. very painful. <laughs> so sure. you know, the grass is always greener on the other exactly. side. Exactly, exactly. So that makes me wonder: Is "Alone in the City" from Grim Age? Is it a song about that, or is it a COVID song, or is it neither? Hey, I love that song. All it, of the above, yeah. Sweet, cool. Yeah, the first verse I think kind of is referencing the fact that. I'm writing songs alone. Mm-hmm. 
used to be yeah. us then, but now it's just me. Yep. Right, yeah. But yeah, but then it's also about being a, alone in a literal city, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like, that was the feeling of, of like lockdown. Yep. Being isolated in a in a city or in a neighborhood, being totally socially isolated, completely mm-hmm. in, but there's people everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was that feeling too. And then there's the feeling of being truly abandoned by society, which is the homeless guy yeah. at the end. The bridge. Oh my God. I love yeah. that. I love that section. It's so, it's just like brutal, man, and beautiful. Like, thank you. Because uh, I've, I've, you know, I feel like everyone has had that experience or that interaction where they, they want to help someone and they find out they're actually the issue or they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're the problem. Yeah. They're uh, screaming. There's, you're, you're getting screamed at. Yeah. yeah. No, there was one. I, I looked it up on my computer the other day. It was a dream I had. No, it wasn't a dream. It was an, a, a thing that actually happened on my way to work where a guy, I could see that he was like psychotic, like, you know, rambling, ranting, walking mm-hmm. across the street. I have my AirPods in and he's walking straight up to me and I'm waiting to cross. And so I was like, I'm not like afraid on the street ever. Cause I'm like a, I'm like a bigger guy and you know, I lift right. weights. I can, yeah. I, I can probably hurt somebody and. I you can hold your own. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> like, I don't but it's mind. It's good it. to have your wits about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so I turned my AirPods on. He gets right in my face, mm. and he said, "Something like you probably raped people. I know you." And he's like looking in my eyes, and I was like, "Wow, you got the wrong guy, buddy. You got the wrong guy." And then my light changes, and and so I can walk across. Mm. And he's like, he's still screaming at me. And I was like, have a nice day, man. You know, like that. He goes, hey, sorry. Yeah, have a nice day, too. I'm sorry. Wow. He's like, I'm just mad at my dad. Wow. <laughs> like, something like that. Like, he just snapped yeah, right yeah, out of yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> um, and I was like, dang, that was crazy. The full spectrum of the human experience. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> In that's wild. 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it made me think like, man, there was probably some pretty bad abuse in his history or something, I'm you sure. know, something. Yeah. But like, you can, yeah, you can, you can, I've seen it happen where these people will snap right out of like their psychosis into just right. like a normal, mm-hmm. feel like, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Right. Just wild. But anyways, yeah, no, so th- I think that, that, that experience inspired part of that song too. For sure. So when you're coming out of, so it's so interesting, like you, you were talking about of, just going months without touching your guitar, you know, like, I don't know if I'll ever write a song again. Once that yeah. starts where you're like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll write a song. Like, how long does it take before you're like, oh, I have an album. Like, let's make an album, guys. Um, the, lately, it's uh, taking a lot longer. I don't know if just time flies when you get older. Right. But, um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. You got a larger sample size. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things just fly, yeah. you know. They fly more, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's definitely taking longer now, and I'm I'm unfortunately been like having to pay for my family and my life with music for so long. Right. It's been about twelve years since my my wife just went back to work. Um, after twelve years of me having to figure out how to pay the bills with music and part of the part of the way I could do it was to do it like a Kickstarter and then make the album. 
Right. Right. And so I had this like deadline. I had to go write. I had to go record. I had to, mm-hmm. I had to. And I don't like that like um, imperative of like financial ruin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <for laughs> that, sure. was, like, mo- that was like, that was like motivating it all, you know? Like it was great. I was prolific. I got a lot done, but I, I like it kind of like muddied the water for me a little bit. Sure. And uh, my wife just went back to work. And so I don't necessarily like have to, mm-hmm. like, we're not going to like starve if I don't. Right. So I'm just giving it a, br- like a breather now and we'll see, we'll see if like, I'm worried that I truly married the motivation to make music to my hierarchy of needs of like shelter and food yeah yeah i'm worried that i've already done that and that that i that i won't write anything unless i have to unless i Hmm. you know feel like i'm gonna you know the bank's gonna come take my house yeah yeah i think about that a lot i i haven't had it obviously to that extent but i have found when when my life is generally like level I don't feel the need to like express myself musically as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I mean, things are good, but, mm-hmm. but right. I'm also like constantly fighting that of like, well, I don't need to only use this as like a crutch as like therapy, right? Like mm-hmm. I need to break out of that and try to make this fun again. <laughs> So yeah, no, no, I, yeah, the I, whole con I, that, that, that whole concept of like making it fun or like, to me, I just never thought about it. It was just instinctual. It's right. like, of course I'm going to write a song. Yeah, they were yeah. falling out of me when I was young, yeah, yeah. you know, and they aren't falling out of me now. And maybe that's okay. Like, may, like I have to truly like give it up. I have to be like, maybe I won't write another song again. That's okay. Right. Yeah. It's okay if I have if I have nothing more to say. I've said a lot of things a lot of times. Like I've a said lot. the same right. thing yeah, yeah. like seventeen times. Some yeah, you know, and some <laughs> some of those things, and some of those things are worth repeating. But yes, but it's like it's not like I it's not like I have any other things to express. It's like mm-hmm. it, I don't I, at least I don't have like a wellspring of new things to express right. or yeah. emotions. So yeah. why like why am I doing it? Yeah, yeah. Is it just for therapy? Maybe I'm fixed. Maybe I'm healed. Maybe I don't need therapy anymore. Or maybe those songs can be my therapy now and I don't need to keep making them over and over again in different ways. But my only only generic pushback, not at you, but for us all and anyone out there that, that, that might consider these things is like, life is, is versatile and, and varied. And, you know, it, it never ceases to be different. Like the next day that you yeah. live is going to be different than the day you just lived. Right. And sure. so there's, there's going to be newness. There's going to be some, something fresh that you experience that you take away and that you maybe can synthesize into something that you can share with someone else. Right. Kind of like you talked about earlier, Matt, like the artist's job of capturing a lived experience in that moment and then sharing it with with someone who maybe yeah. is going to really resonate and need that to help articulate and process their own experience. Right. That's my only thing is like Dylan's still doing it. You know, he 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 dropped an album like two years ago that resonated with me. Yeah. And will yeah exactly. So who Willie Bob Nelson. Dylan Willie Nelson. Oh Willie Nelson. These guys yeah. are still. He, Willie are Nelson still... came out with three albums this last yeah. year. 
So just if, fucking, if really, anybody can be a testament yeah, to that, he lives in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, truly. <laughs> well, I always, I always just think of Toby Morell because he's seven years older than me. Yeah, mm, he was always yeah. he was always the old man from absolutely Emory. right. And, yeah, and 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 I always tell Toby if you if if you don't quit, I can't quit. But that's right. At the same time, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's like right. a that's like a fun cheeky way to to like to, to motivate yourself. Right. But also, it's like just not quitting is not enough motivation. Like right. just yeah, that yeah. concept <laughs> of like <laughs> it's just the concept of like yeah, I don't quit. I mean, that's literally been part of my motivation for years. Mm-hmm. Is I don't quit. Yeah. These other people, they quit. They right. give up. Yeah, yeah. They get their families. They get their careers. They quit. They're quitters. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> yeah. It is gonna it's, a stu- it's, it's like a shallow like yeah. motivation, but, but it I is a motivation. Like, like if, yeah. if, that's, if that's what you have to draw from, I think it's... Well, I needed okay. to. I needed to because I, it yeah. was the only thing I was good at. I, so I wasted mm. all my 20s and my 30s doing this. Right. I didn't learn other skills. <laughs> I tuned my ear to... <laughs> yeah obscure less and less popular rock music and that was what my ear was tuned to and i can make that for the rest of my life <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully people like it because gonna, i got no other skills i'm just gonna edit your earlier uh <laughs> sentence matt and say you spent your 20s and 30s i'm, I'm gonna change from wasted i'm just gonna Edit point. Oh, know. we're gonna change. Oh, did I say wasted? You said wasted, <laughs> oh. and, I, and I could never allow that to stand on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe it wasn't a total waste. Like, all right. No. Yeah, Not at all. No, but like, no, it it definitely. But like, you I don't have any other. I, yes, I don't have any other. I mean, I have. I have a lot of other skills. I'm not saying that I don't. But as far as like technical skills, where I could just go get a job like that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even have the ability to like report to a boss. I don't think that's like in my ability <laughs> yeah. anywhere I in my body. It, I get you it. know, <laughs> so it's like a homeless or this, like that's right. my options. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. that, that's really what's been motivating me. But now that Christy got a job, I don't know that I, I don't have that to motivate me anymore because I'm right. not going to be homeless. Right. So what, what do I what do? What do you do then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I, when I, when I'm not going to be homeless, and I don't need to make music. What do you do? Maybe I mean, yeah. do I do it for fun? And like you said, yeah, um, TJ, that life does have new things happening. It's varied right. and whatever. But like when you're in my stage of life, where I have a twelve-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a seven-year-old, like mm. it's pretty steady. Like right. they get slowly older. They go from grade to grade, but like the school schedule is the same. The sports schedule's the same. Like, it's it's like n- new stuff doesn't happen every day. Like, when they leave the house, I might have a couple albums. I was just going to say, like, give it six <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to yeah. have an amazing album. We'll have an identity, we'll have an identity crisis, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, what am, I, what am I doing with my life now? That's it. I'm going to make wait. some music. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for the next classic crime album. Identity Empty crisis. Nester. Empty nester. Yeah. Identity <laughs> crisis. Isn't that uh, an old thrice record? <laughs> yeah, yeah is it? It is. I think that oh, is a thrice record. Isn't that's it? great. I love that. <laughs> so hey, there's something there. There's something there. Wait, maybe your next project is just covering the thrice album, but 
reevaluating identity, identity crisis, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. making it relevant to like I'll a midlife crisis. Yeah, I'm sure they'll like that. Yeah, yeah, they'll I'm love sure it. They, they, they will not write yeah. you a cease and desist letter at yeah. all. <laughs> Dustin's probably cool with it. Yeah, totally. I, I will say. I mean, I hope there's more classic crime on the horizon and stuff. But uh, I will just praise Grim Age. Is that yes. that record connected with me lyrically? Maybe more so than I mean. It, obviously, I'm older, so it's going to like hit now yeah, if, yeah. than if it would come out when I was like a teenager. But potentially the most like one I've connected with lyrically the most. So when I listen to, it, I'm like, man, For sure. I'm getting Same. it's it's those getting older yeah, songs yeah. that I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah, we are. <laughs> Lost and, Magic, oh yeah, Lost Magic, High Mileage, man. Oh, yes. damn, yeah. good stuff. So it's like what like I, I'm going to get older and then like what right. still write those songs? Like right. I was writing, I wrote a song called Young Again, and I just realized it. I was 27 when I wrote that song. Yeah, where it's like the chorus <laughs> is like, oh, to be young again. When you're to be 27 and charming yeah. and believe it's it never precious, ends, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I was 27 years old. Oh, I know. So I just I keep doing it. that, and right. now I'm just yeah, yeah. St- I'm just still getting older. Yeah, and it's 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 embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, really, it's always it's, it's relevant funny. though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but okay, as as you know, a a small sample group of like you know 30 something year old dudes it is incredibly relevant it to is. us at least of like yeah. uh, of that thing we were talking about earlier of like what good art does is like give it you know it it gives you it complains about being getting older yeah dude okay <laughs> i have i have a, i i literally have a song called we're getting old great song i'm like it's like like way more on the the, nose but i feel like you've done and y'all weren't totally in this boat like but jimmy world emo kind of like talk like that kind of like lyrics and stuff like that where and Mm. so it's like you can't really be doing that into your 40s or pushing 50s but jim has now shifted to kind of like life coach where he's Mm -hmm. like hey these are the things that I'm learning about myself and then yeah. like putting them in mm-hmm. and like turning them and it still fits into kind of an emo song, but so it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like you've, well, that's what I appreciate about, yeah. yeah, about like the stuff, yeah. Matt, that, that you've been doing lately is like, there were all these bands that I loved in my teens and early twenties that, you know, they were guys a couple years older that were singing songs that like really resonated with me. And there are so few of those bands that have continued to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, I'll once again, bringing up taking back Sunday, like I'll listen to tell all your friends and where you want to be because I'm like super nostalgic. I'm like, I Mm -hmm. love this, but there's, there's so few of those kinds of bands that I feel think they need to grow. Right. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. cause like I, you know, I, I don't want to talk shit on anybody, but it's like newfound glory is still, or, or even, even blink One Eighty Two, like the new blink One Eighty Two record. I cannot stand like their first single is called <laughs> edging. It's like, okay, you guys are like in your fifties and you're still kind of doing the whole, like, this is what 16 year olds like, right? You know, I mean, it goes back to like what I said earlier. It's like you get froze where you, where you got successful, right? Like almost like success. Mm -hmm. It's like a DJ Khaled, right? Suffering from success. It's like success. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
it is a curse in a way, right? Yeah. Like you, right. you can get stuck. Yeah. You can really get stuck psychologically because why adapt? Why change? Right. Why do something if new it's right. if it's working? If it's yeah. working. Yeah. If it's working. Yeah. The people want to hear that again. And so you start thinking, well, I'll give the people what they want. Right. Because yeah, that right. was our best selling record. They love right. that. Right. It's actually better that we're not that successful because I do get to experience, uh, experiment more with the sound and with what I want to sing about but and everything. Because yeah, exactly. Nothing ever, nothing ever worked, you know, nothing ever worked to that level. Right. <laughs> it like worked a little bit. And then I was like, Oh, I don't want to work for that, um, scene right. or mm. whatever. I got over, like I I could, I put my, my toes over the cliff and I could kind of see, okay, if we went this direction, here's all the bands that are doing that, that are touring right. full time on buses. This is what their lifestyle is. Right. This right. is what it looks do I, like. Do, do I want, do that? I want, the, do I want that lifestyle? Yep. Right. And I said, no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I here? And what am I doing? Oh, I want to <laughs> write music that, that expresses something that I, can't yeah. express express other ways. So yeah. if I if I have the ability to do that, I'll do that over here and have a lifestyle that's like more fitting to what yeah. I want. And you, yeah. you figured and out you you were gonna define what success looked like for you and what meaning and purpose looked like for you in your artistic pursuits. And it was that. Yeah. That's just uh, you make it sound noble though. It's not. It's more just like <laughs> Gee, it's sorry. It's more, uh, yeah. It's it's like, more just like I man, I don't want to be and yeah. I'm an artist. Yeah. Is that better? Did I, yeah. did I do it? Okay. Cool. It's more like that. It's it's more like it's more like I don't want to be controlled or manipulated or middlemaned sure. right. or um or I don't want demands put on my life and my time. I want to work when I want to work and I want to express when I want to express and oh, I don't want to have to put yeah. food on a whole team of people's table right. and be responsible but, for their lives. Yeah. And you know, not, not that's what the touring bands are doing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's you know, big, not, not big responsibility just using this as a platform to like gas you up. But like, you know, that, <laughs> that, that is the thing that has resonated with me the most of mm. just of, of being able to bridge that gap between kind of what the classic crime was at this older period to like what you're doing now, you know, with without kind of completely abandoning it because my, my instinct is to like, Oh, I want to try something new, you know, fuck this band or like, fuck this sound. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying something totally new. So I'm going to start fresh. I'm gonna just, just clean slate. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there's really something to be said about continuing not only the name, but the, just the the general nature of accepting the evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the yeah, band the band really has cool. always just provided it's provided cover for me too because it isn't my name. I mean, it literally is. They're my songs. I wrote them all. Right. But they're. But it's like. But I. I kind of don't have to like be identified by them because right. it's, it's the classic crime. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a thing that it's I'm a, a part of, but it's not, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not really me. Right. So I can kind of, it's, it's the nice thing to be able to experiment that way and just be like, well, that's what the classic crime sounds like. Not me though. Right. I'm different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could surprise you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I, love I just that. love yeah. too, that you can write an album called, grim age in 2023 and also put a song on it called new noise 
that is like so you know it's there's there's definitely nostalgia in there but there's also like a forward looking kind of quality to it and an optimism and a communal nature to it too that's like yeah feels anime. i think i was motivated by like you know people coming out of the, the lockdowns and the pandemic and in live shows starting again oh yeah. and how like incredible it was to be in groups of like anonymous people with loud music in a room like that felt like something really special to celebrate yeah yeah Yeah. point toward i still feel that any anytime i'm i'm at a live show i still think about like there was a time where we didn't know if we were going to get to do this again Mm -hmm. and i love the the reference to the the rhythm of the kick drum i mean that that present moment that we're talking Mm -hmm. about you know being together and and making a new noise like you know there's a lot there's there's a lot to be said for being older for being cynical for looking back for being like am i done but there's also a lot to be said for for making a new noise and looking forward and i just here's love to make you, an, here's to make a new noise yeah, yeah man, <laughs> I, I i love that you spoke to that and i love the roads in that song that's great that was a nice touch. The roads yeah or it might oh, have been like a vst or something yeah, yeah like that yeah yeah i know what it's you're talking so about. good yeah Sweet. Okay, yeah. so I think we're at a point where we're about to wrap up. Matt, this has been fucking incredible, and I'm Amazing. so excited to edit this episode because I get to listen to it all again. <laughs> is there anything you know you, you want to tell people about? Like, is there you want people to listen to Grim Age, follow you on Twitter, Instagram, things like that? Nah, they better I mean, listen to no. Grim Age. <laughs> cool. better. don't i get it don't, don't do, do it. anything don't do it keep doing what you're doing no <laughs> okay, plugs for well me. i'm gonna plug grim age because <laughs> yeah, it's fucking I, awesome <laughs> i second that and oh, it, it made my top 10 list of the year yeah uh, i'm honored thank you so much i'm that's to beat out t-pain <laughs> you did yes. beat Ever out so t-pain yeah. phenomenal <laughs> covers album I've, I've watched his twitch streams the guy's got talent he does. The guy but, oozes talent. Yeah, but so do you, man. Grimmage, <laughs> as as someone that grew up in that sort of like mid two thousands tooth and nail yeah. era, to hear a band uh, from that time make an album in twenty twenty three that me now as like an adult with a kid who went through the pandemic, all this stuff an album that I can so clearly resonate with. Mm-hmm. I just so appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. That means something. Here's, here's to some new noise, Matt. Ooh, I love that. Very nice. We need Maybe. some more of that. <laughs> Maybe. Sweet. But also, yeah, take a beat if you need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Time. <laughs> for sure. Just be, show up. Okay. Be from all of us here at CJN, may all your favorite bands stay together. Peace out. <laughs>